It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Guess what? <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 595, 596, I think it's 595 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November the 1st. We are into November. I am your host, Sean Woodley, of course, of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We have so much stuff for you to listen to. We have all the team-focused NBA shows shows, the NFL shows, the NHL network is like three quarters full at this point, uh, so your team is probably covered over there. If it's not yet, please uh, hang tight. It'll be there soon. And we've got baseball. If you're a Nationals or a Astros fan, you can listen to the Lockdown shows for those teams in response to the World Series outcome. And if you're a fan of a worse team, say like the White Sox or something, and you want to get a taste of what's to come in like December, then make sure you're listening to the Lockdown MLB show for that team as Well, all right, on today's show, we are teeing up the game against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night with a friend of the podcast making, I believe, his third appearance, maybe his fourth, actually, from behind the Buck Pass, behind the Bucks Pass. I never get that right. It's Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing good. Everybody gets it wrong. Even I get it wrong sometimes. I put an extra S when there shouldn't be. But, yeah, well. That's all right. Uh, I'm very happy to have you on the show. This is uh, exciting stuff. The Raptors and Bucks obviously have quite a bit of history with playoff matchups and uh, certain uh, four games in a row that took place over the course of last May. And now they have their first tilt in the post-Kawhi Leonard era, so uh, Giannis's tormentor is gone, and that's good. I guess we can begin, Jordan, with just some sort of early thoughts on the Bucks. It maybe hasn't been the greatest start for the Bucks so far this season. Lots of cold shooting from the likes of Brooke Lopez and Wes Matthews and Eric Bledsoe. Giannis still looks like Giannis, but maybe not quite his same 
tearing down the world with fury and fire and all that stuff form he was in for most of last season. I expect he'll get there because he's Giannis. But uh, you know, early on, two two it's two and two start. What have been your early impressions of this version of the Bucks, where it's pretty much the same team minus Malcolm Brogdon plus another Lopez? <laughs> yeah, basically, it's it's been a rocky start, at least by you know the standards that everybody kind of expected from the Bucks. To begin with, to begin the season with, I mean, losing two games where they led led as much as like 19 points and 21 points, and losing to the Heat and the Celtics in like the second half, not a great, uh, not a great uh, um, uh, way to start your season, obviously. Um, and like you mentioned, like you know, we're kind of seeing Giannis has not been the you know the ultra Giannis version MVP Giannis version that we've seen in the past and. Guys like Brooke and Bledsoe, I mean, has been very. I, I like he had. He honestly hasn't really picked up anything since losing to the Raptors last year in the conference finals. Um, and yeah, just kind of having to navigate through these kind of hot and cold shooting spells. Like it's been a little bit tougher than I think Bucks fans envisioned, especially after. I mean, it's preseason, but like they were undefeated. They won by like, I think like a collective 80 points and looked to be like, okay, we're dialed back in. Like we were last year just at the season. And, uh, that's been anything but so far, uh, through four games. So, I mean, how much do we chalk this up to just like early season, strange variants from shooting? And how much do you sort of credit to the loss of Malcolm Brogdon? Because this was sort of a thing that I was concerned about. I picked the Sixers to win the East, mostly because I was concerned about the players around Giannis. I still think Giannis is the best player in the East, but I worry about sort of the supporting cast in a series against the Sixers, where the Sixers are going to have a lot of bodies they can throw at Giannis, are going to force Giannis to rely on other guys, and I think we've seen a couple times in the postseason now that maybe that is not terribly reliable. I still think the Bucks stand a good chance of making it out of the conference. I don't feel amazing about my Sixers prediction, although their defense looks good enough that I might feel a little bit better about that as we go along here. But with Brogdon leaving, he was, I think, pretty unquestionably the second best Bucks player in the conference finals. You know, Middleton had some moments, but he also had some really bad games as well, whereas Brogdon was mostly pretty mm-hmm. steady across the board. What does the loss of Brogdon leave this team with sort of trying to fill in in terms of holes and gaps in, in what Brogdon used to do? Yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean that's going to be the big question after every game this season. And, you know, you get guys like Wes Matthews, Kyle Korver, they have like the Pat Connaughton, Sterling Brown, Dante DiVincenzo types to kind of collectively fill Brogdon's, uh, you know, uh, departure. But what we're seeing early on, and I think what kind of got lost, at least from my perspective, in terms of losing Brogdon, is that you kind of you you lose Brogdon. Just feels all these different types of things. He can shoot really well. He can put the ball on the floor and drive to kind of just this air of unpredictability. And right now, the Bucks are kind of fairly predictable. I know Eric Name wrote an article uh, for the Athletic yesterday. Like they're shooting more threes than ever, but they've also lost. They're not, I think they're attempting the fewest amount of attempts at, in the restricted area. So they're just kind of like they added these shooting type guys through Corvin Matthews, but they just lost that kind of air of predictability. And that could easily get made up over time with Giannis and Bledsoe getting back on track. But Brogdon just filled all those different gaps. And defensively, I mean, we saw some good defense on Kawhi last year during the conference finals that, again, went under the radar. 
um, just because Kawhi is just you know a freaking monster. But that's the thing that I I kind of feared from losing Brogdon to begin with, and that that decision on the on you know the opening day of free agency, like you just kind of lose just a guy that does pretty much everything well, not like one thing like exceptionally well, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how the the Bucks move on forward from that. So. I'm guessing it's a lot, you mentioned Korver, it's Wes Matthews, and sort of differently skilled players than Malcolm Brogdon that are kind of taking on that burden of filling in the, the hole that he left. Like, how are those guys doing so far? How are you, are you concerned about their ability to sort of replicate, or just not even so, so much replicate, but just sort of make up the net loss that was Brogdon in sort of a piecemeal type of way. I know Matthews, you know, what a, a way I like to sort of evaluate players is to ask fans of the team that the guy plays for how they, how they think about him. And I remember Mavs fans hated Wes Matthews last season and the, and the seasons prior. And, you know, maybe that was because he was making like 17 million bucks a year or whatever. So maybe it's a bit different now, but yeah. you know, in terms of Matthews and what he's done this season on a minimum contract, I believe is what he's making, you know, combined with Corver combined with, you know, Bledsoe, hopefully kind of getting back on track after handing the Raptors, the, the conference finals last season in, in no small part. Um, you know, are you optimistic about them being able to fill in that Brogdon-sized hole, or is this something that's going to nag them all season long? I kind of go back and forth with it. I think Matthews has been kind of, I mean, he's also been hot and cold from three, but we've kind of seen kind of old Wes Matthews in terms of, like, just hustling hard and just taking on his defense against James Harden in the second half of the Bucks' like, big comeback win over the Rockets uh, was really good. Um... Yeah, he just he kind of goes back and forth. And I think, like you said, like I know Dallas fans were just kind of I don't want to say despised because that might be too strong of a word, but they certainly were not happy with him. And maybe that was again just the fact that he was taking up so much of their cap at the time and coming off that Achilles injury. He's just not going to be the same player. But from my money, or from my perspective, like you just you know you're not going to get that version of West Matthews from four or five years ago and he just tried to like hope that like he could just kind of like find that spark again on both ends of the floor um between him and core i mean carver is just you know he'll hit threes that's pretty much all he <laughs> can really do at this point and he'll you know try defensively that's at least all you can really ask for him on, on that end of the floor but yeah i mean that's it's gonna be this kind of like push and pull of like you'll see like some advantages of having guys that can you know put up more threes than brogdon has historically done but you're also not going to have like kind of on-ball threats mm-hmm. that you know Brogdon is already showing with Indiana. I know he's putting up fantastic numbers. Uh, what's the deal with Mike Budenholzer's beard? Yeah, that's <laughs> been. Uh, it only just appeared um, before preseason. There was like this like little town hall thing, but for outside uh, Bucks fans, that was the like this event that uh, John Horace got fined for for saying like they're going to offer Giannis the Supermax. I mean, duh. But that's that's how <laughs> he got fined in the Bucks organization. Um, but yeah, that's where Bud uh, showcased his beard, and it's it's stayed ever since. I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know how long he's going to rock with it. Maybe if they if this kind of uh, inconsistent start uh, drags on a little bit more, maybe he shaves it to get some good luck. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> It's very much added to the uh, joy that is just looking at Mike Budenholzer's face when he's perplexed or angry. 
just, just anguish like all around <laughs> <laughs> with like scruff. Yeah. Also, sort of reeks of a little bit of like uh, you know depression beard after losing in in the conference finals. But that's just maybe me putting two and two together. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that uh, John Horse said a very obvious thing at that town hall about Giannis Antetokounmpo. I want to get to that in just a second, but first. I want to tell people about my bookie, who is a sponsor for today's show. This is my absolute favorite time of the year. Sweater weather, you got leaves on the ground, and you also get threes from downtown. That's right, for some it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college basketball are both tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action and to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, for example. For instance, if you like you know, a couple big favorites for the week, parlays are perfect because it lets you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout either way if you're gonna bet this season do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win if you are certain that some team out there is gonna win a game why not use your basketball knowledge to prove that you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid if you really want to support your team this season don't just sit on the sidelines get in the game with mybookie.ag and if you join right now mybookie will double your first deposit you use promo code Locked on NBA to activate that very generous offer. That's promo code Locked on NBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today to get that offer. You play, you win, and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as I mentioned just now, Jordan, the Bucks said a very obvious thing about wanting to have Giannis Antetokounmpo on their team in the offseason, got fined for it, it was pretty stupid, but it's what happens. Uh, and this week, more obvious things about teams wanting to have Giannis Antetokounmpo on their team came out. John Hollinger of The Athletic reported that the Raptors are going to be one of the chief pursuance of pursuers, pursuit, pursuers, pursuance, a different word. I think it's a legal term. Uh, chief pursuers of Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> when and if he does hit for agency in summer of 2021. This is not news. I mean, Raptors fans have been joking about this for like three years, but it's actually, you know, there's there's smoke where there's fire and jokes, and it seems very obvious what the Raptors are doing with the way they're sort of scheduling their contracts and also Masai Ujiri's noted relationship with the Antetokounmpo's. This is not something that's surprising. It's not really news, but people obviously make it news and aggregate and all that good stuff. My question to you, Jordan, is, look, this is a, a very big season for the Bucks. obviously. There have been lots of sort of rumors and scuttlebutt about whether he's going to sign the Supermax, whether or not, you know, making the finals this season is imperative for him to do so. There is a lot of sort of background, sort of percolating Anthony Davis in the early days of last season type of noise. I don't think it's going to get to the point like it did with Anthony Davis because the Bucks are a good team at a bad conference and are probably going to win a bunch of games anyway. So I don't think it, there's like a worry of like a midseason trade request or anything like that. But my question to you, Jordan, is how worried are Bucks fans about this Giannis thing? I know there's got to be at least some confidence that they can keep him considering he seems like he's sort of wired a little bit differently than a lot of superstars. But like it's got to be hard to not get caught up in the noise as well, though, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when this stuff hits, 
and I know a lot, like, I think the first reaction, from my perspective, a lot of Bucks fans are just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, the Bucks are really good. This is a nod story, and everybody is, like, kind of like, everybody, you know, everybody just wants to poach him from their te- from the Bucks and the, the quote-unquote, national media, like, all this stuff. Like, every story about the Bucks is basically just about, like, can they keep you honest all this stuff? And Bucks fans just say, like, we're doing really good already. Like, we're showing, like, why we can uh, keep them. But again, you know, the, when you kind of reach this critical mass of just, like, expectations are so high, you're literally playing for, like, the ultimate goal. <laughs> and if you don't reach, you know, fulfill that goal or fulfill your hopes, I mean, anything is on the table. And I know there was that crazy story about this, like, Harvard researcher that just, like, had this quote. It's like, oh, yeah, we interviewed him in April before the Bucks playoff for last year, and he had like, the most, like, kind of I don't. I don't want to say pointed, but he actually like talked about it for once and kind of didn't like just shy away from it. And Bucks fans just like immediately like, well, where is this quote? What is what is going on? And it's like the more stuff that comes out, like I think you're just going to see stronger reactions. It's like what is going on and just kind of all this stuff. But it's certainly I think for especially with just how the season has gone and again the losses, the way that they've lost the two games that they've lost already haven't really. Uh, helped any matters but like you just kind of feel like just the weight of this season you're just like oh my god every time they lose a game it's gonna be like oh it's just one step closer to Giannis leaving or he's not gonna sign the supermax just kind of I'm just like thinking to myself like this is gonna be a grueling experience (laughs) like this is just like awful until like they if they are reach the NBA finals and should they win and the, the wildest chances should they win the the title this year I think just like every kind of step back they take or just every game loss is going to be like, oh my God, this crazy pressure cooker of just like, this is what this is what having a signature superstar in 2019 when you're a small market or just kind of not the, the, the big teams, uh, this is just how it is. And it's, it's, <laughs> there's de- definite benefits to it just because it's Giannis and you're rooting for one of the greatest players in the league currently. But, uh, yeah, it, it could be a little taxing <laughs> after a while. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, after last season for the Raptors, where it was pretty much all tied up into one season and there were insane expectations and a lot of pressure, and it also kind of had that similar, does every win increase the chances that Kawhi stays versus does every loss increase the chances he's at the door? Obviously, he left anyway, but um, like I, that was a really grueling experience and last year was hard to enjoy at times just because, you know, it was an amazing team and you enjoyed watching the night to night, but it was kind of grading all the national attention and all that stuff because it's, you know, inevitable there, a lot of the national media like trades more than they like basketball. I'm sorry, Brian Windhorst, but you've kind of told on yourself with this, like, it's just kind of what it is. <laughs> and so like it, it does feel as though. Even if everything is fine within the team, there's always going to be this sort of noise on the outside that makes it much more difficult to actually enjoy the team that is really, really good doing the thing in front of you because everything is always about, yeah, but what about next year or the year beyond that? And so I got to say, man, this season, it would be nice to be watching Kawhi Leonard play for the Raptors. I got It would be awesome. I wish he would would have signed a five-year deal to take away all of the stress, but expectation free life is pretty good <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm sitting pretty over here well, yeah, not worrying other, about a thing <laughs> that, that's the other thing too like obviously like you said like you guys know there's very well coming off the season that you have 
but like just kind of like following how the Raptors recovered last year and you know they win the NBA finals which I mean from my perspective I was kind of just thinking like whoever was the East like they have a legitimate chance to win the NBA finals just given how Golden State was kind of trending and obviously Durant's injury uh didn't help matters but like it already kind of like seemed like this is more up in the air than what is kind of given props to and it literally took for the Raptors to win it and just be like oh like okay like they they won like it, it just <laughs> that's what made it so so weird from my perspective at least just like seeing like how it was just kind of reacted to it's just like oh they won the, the the NBA finals they beat the Warriors granted a less than 100% Warriors, but, like, it was just kind of, like, you did the thing, like, oh, congratulations. It was just, like, this weird, like, I don't know. I just, I felt, like, given how the NBA is covered now, and I, I get it, obviously, uh, having done this for a while, but, like, when you're in that perspective of being the Raptors last year, being the Bucks this year, and just kind of following this day in and day out, you're just, like, like okay. Like, okay. it's just kind of weird how it a team doing what everybody else is trying to do. It just kind of just like, it just happens. And obviously Toronto fans are not going to feel that way because they freaking won the NBA finals and everybody's <laughs> just cheering for joy. But it was just from a national perspective, I just kind of thought it was like, it just, it felt like an afterthought weirdly. Yeah. Well, cause like, yeah, the Warriors breaking apart was like, I guess objectively the bigger story in the terms of like the decade long sort of story of the team or whatever. And then, um, yeah. the, the going into the off season, which everyone was like already just like salivating about in terms of just like content, it was it did feel a little bit short lived. I mean, I was drunk all summer, so I, I don't I didn't feel like it was short lived, but um, I, I I would imagine outside onlookers might have thought that might have been the case. But no, man, I, I look. I have to be honest. I'm not rooting for the Bucks to succeed with Giannis because I want Giannis to leave and potentially come to the Raptors uh, because I think they've set up a pretty good situation here, especially with Pascal Siakam becoming whatever oh, he's yeah. become. Um, and so I, I will admit to you, Jordan, full disclosure, I hope the Bucks <laughs> lose a lot of games, but uh, I also don't really sympathize. I, I also sympathize with sort of the, the difficult nature of what the season is going to be for Bucks fans, and I, I feel bad because, like... Yes, it's fun to watch the very good team, but it is very, uh, very stressful, man. It takes takes a little years off your life for sure. Um, but I guess you'll trade all of that for a title, which uh, I, I can attest to as well. Um, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just quickly here before we wrap up here, Jordan, we should probably take a look at the game going down on Saturday in Milwaukee. The Raptors go in 4-1. and one. Do the Bucks play tonight? Are they not back-to-back? Yeah, they're actually in Orlando, which kind of makes Ew. for a, a weird back to back. Yeah, that's yeah, a so, that's a shit back to back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that changes my uh, calculus for the game a little bit. The Raptors are going to be coming off a couple days rest after beating the Pistons. Um, what are sort of the interesting things about this game that you're most looking forward to, Jordan? Uh, I, I obviously, I mean, Siakam is number one with a bullet for me. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. I've always liked him just because he's just this, 
quirky player, and obviously there are very uh, uh, the parallels between Giannis's development and Pascal's de- are you know hitting you over the head. It's so obvious, like how just the the types of players they are. But I mean, outside of Siakam, I just I think just you know the the Raptors basically built the plan, and it's not it's it wasn't a plan that wasn't no one was talking about but they basically showed how to beat the bucks and Mm -hmm. to kind of get that taste again or just kind of see what it looks like with a year uh or you know months after the fact in the conference finals just how the bucks react to it with the added changes or can they kind of i guess shake this little inconsistent start and maybe get their shooting going again i think it's gonna make it for an interesting test in terms of the raptors how the raptors are defensively because you know, you lose Kawhi Leonard, obviously one of the greatest players in, in the league, but pretty much the Raptors are pretty much the same team, and outside of the data grade too, but the Raptors are pretty much the same team that the Bucks face against uh, in the conference finals, so you kind of just want to see how does this this you know, reshuffle Bucks team at least, uh, kind of look against what is still a very uh, 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 Raptors team that has continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see, in particular, I'm assuming OG Ananobi is going to get the Giannis assignment for most of this game. Um, You know, in years past, it might have been Pascal, but Pascal has a 32.2 usage rate to worry about, so I don't think they're going to task him. I mean, he'll get possessions on him for sure. I just don't know if he'll be the primary guard. Um, And OG has been ridiculous defensively this season. You got a little shout-out today in Zach Lowe's 10 things for his offense, but his defense mm-hmm. has been otherworldly, and he's just, like, taking dudes' lunches pretty routinely on the defensive end, and I wonder if maybe we see the Raptors try to replicate what they did with Kawhi last year, where it was, all right, Kawhi, do your very best on Giannis. We'll send help if we have to, but we're going to kind of just have you be the guy who stops Giannis for us. I wonder how up to the task OG is, because OG has been pretty good against Giannis in the past. Obviously, didn't get to play him in the playoffs last year as he was out, but there have been games where OGs looked pretty up to the task, and so I'm mm-hmm. looking to see how this sort of more fully formed version of OG Ananobi looks against Giannis. And on the other side, I'm expecting Giannis to guard Siakam. Would, would you say that's probably most likely? I don't know. I mean, they, I mean they've been consistent with how, like, him kind of being like that roamer free safety type role. Uh... So I would assume there there definitely be possessions, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be like a you know every time he hits the floor it's gonna be like every possession you, you guard Pascal. I think it's gonna be kind of how it was in the conference finals a little bit mm-hmm. uh, until they kind of adjust, which you know that's kind of a big question with Budenholzer historically too. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's interesting to me then because if it's not Giannis, then I wonder sort of who gets that assignment, whether it's Middleton or. Or, or they, like, try to throw a center on him or something. I don't know. But that's, uh, like, this is going to be, like, Pascal's been awesome so far. He's played Jonathan Isaac and did really well against him and has done really, really well against some really shitty defenders so far for other teams. But for, Yeah, I saw, yeah. I know the Pistons game, former Bucks, uh, Christian Wood and Thoughtmaker did look <sighs> exactly well against Pascal the other night. Christian Wood <laughs> looked uh indefensible as a player you would put on the floor in the NBA in that game. It was it was startling. Uh, like, I felt bad for him, almost. And then, so, this is going to be, I think, the fir- like the biggest test so far outside of Isaac for Siakam to see how his sort of new style of play, his new touch chart, really sort of translates because he's been running way more pick and roll, way more post-ups, and not really 
you know, doing the thing he did last year where he was just more opportunistic. And so I'm curious to see if they don't start with Giannis on him, if they do feel compelled to because he's cooking whoever is guarding him. And if he does get guarded by Giannis, I'm curious to see how he sort of works those counters in because he, uh, I mean, he seems like he's learning every single game, but that's a tough test and was one of the tougher ones he faced last year in the postseason. And I, uh, I look forward to seeing how that's all going to take place. And I think that's probably a pretty good place. Do you have like a pick for the game, Jordan? I mean, the fact that they're coming off this back-to-back has me a little wary. <laughs> it's such yeah. a weird, like, going from Florida to back to Wisconsin where it literally snowed yesterday. It's already <laughs> snowing. Good Lord. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of hmm, – Toronto's – Toronto, I've, I obviously watched the first game, and I, I watched a little bit pieces here and there since then, but, like – I don't know this this uh, this buck start has me a little kind of weary overall. So I kind of I might give it to Toronto. That's uh, good pandering to the audience, Jordan. I appreciate you doing so, and uh, <laughs> you've, you've earned secured yourself. <laughs> you've secured an invite back on the show at some point for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also I think I'll take the Raptors in this one. I think there's like. A, a bit of an urgency for the Raptors to pick up some wins here ahead of their very tough road trip they have coming up where they'll play the Clippers and Lakers on a back-to-back, then the Blazers, then the Mavericks, and they also have a, a Pelicans game in there. Uh, I think they might want to try to rattle off some wins here. So that's my, uh, yeah, I'll say the Raptors win in a, in a close, hard-fought game where both Pascal and Giannis look very good, and then they have, they share some words maybe after the game, and then people blow that up and turn it into some sort of story. And uh I look forward to relishing that for all it's worth. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, you've been a good sport as I've uh, talked Giannis to the Raptors far too much <laughs> in, uh, on this podcast with you, but I very much appreciate your time, and uh, it's always fun having you on, man. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, just check our work at Behind the Buck Pass. Uh, that's at Behind the, Bucks, Behind the Bucks on Twitter. I'm at, at Jordan Tresky. I'll, of course, any. Bucks game or anything, I'll be tweeting away for with stupid thoughts about what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, just check it out there, and thanks for having me on again. Of course, man. Uh, anytime, and we'll definitely talk again soon. Thanks to uh, the listeners for tuning in for today's show. It's been a fun week, full five episodes, plus a bonus repost yesterday. If you have not yet listened to the uh, episode of uh, Locked on Raptors, that's not at all about the Raptors and is a dramatic reading of Katie Heindel's NBA Halloween fan fiction, then please go and check that out from Thursday. Also, the episode with Paul Lawton was pretty fun yesterday morning. We had a lot of fun stuff this week. We had an episode with Katie on Wednesday that went into a thousand different directions. So if you're looking to catch up over the weekend... As you travel for whatever reason, I don't know, uh, please make sure to check out the previous back catalog of episodes from this week on Locked on Raptors. You can subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, all the other ones out there as well, Pod, Mitten, Pod, Bucket, I don't know where they're all from, but you can do that on those too. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show, for the week of shows. We'll be back again on Monday to talk about the Bucks game and tee up the week to come with the Kings and a couple other teams on tap. And that will do it. We will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.